Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne, of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Joanne, welcome to the Silver Mom Life. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm excited to hear your story. You know what we have to do before we talk about sobriety. Let's go back and talk about your relationship with alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been sober almost five years. It'll be September um, where I hit my five years. But I actually started my sobriety journey, I would say, in the spring of 2018. And then prior to that, my drinking got really out of control when my husband's kids, I'm a stepmom, I met my husband when his kids were six and nine. And, you know, we started having this great life together, we would go on vacations and have parties at our house. And it was all fun. Certainly a lot of heavy drinking. I kind of cringe when I look back on it now. But everything, you know, was kind of typical. All our friends drank. It was what we were doing was seen as normal. Our vacations were all centered around drinking and resorts, like all-inclusive resorts and all that stuff. But when my daughter, my husband's daughter, my stepdaughter, when she turned 15, she uh, became anorexic. And Mm. for the next three years of our lives, she was in and out of hospital she was very, very sick and almost died a couple times. And that's when things turned ugly for me. Because, you know, having had this party lifestyle prior to that, the only way I knew how to cope with all that crazy stuff in our lives was to drink. It was really becoming a problem then. And certainly not helping at all, just, you know, making matters worse, looking back. And then, you know, she did get better eventually and moved out. um, And my drinking got worse. It really escalated after that where I was drinking a bottle of wine a day, certainly a lot more on weekends, Friday and Saturday nights. It was, you know, two, three bottles sometimes, just crazy. Um, And I really didn't know what to do about it. And everybody on the outside, you know, on the outside, I look normal. I had a great life. We just bought a house. You know, my kids were done doing well. But on the inside, I was really suffering. So I finally sat down one day and Googled how to stop drinking wine because I had tried to do a little on my own. So you just Googled, yeah. (laughs) I Googled it. So after that, I discovered the whole world of sober support from Facebook to podcasts to Quit Lit, which I still love to this day. And um, so I downloaded my first Quit Lit book back in the spring of 2018 and started walking with my dog. And it was really the first time I had heard a perspective 
other than, oh, if you get addicted to alcohol, you need to go to AA and you need to call yourself an alcoholic and you need to declare that you're damaged and not able to handle this thing that all of society worships. And the books that I was listening to really shifted the perspective to show me that you know, alcohol was doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's a drug. I got addicted to a drug, a highly addictive drug. And it's so messed up how all of society just worships it and everything you do in every aspect of your life as a mom, as, um, you know, somebody who works in a, a professional setting is all centered around drinking. Like, and even to this day, people will be like, oh, go have a great day, go enjoy a glass of wine on the deck. Like, it's just seen as this reward for living our lives. And that was the exact kind of mentality that got me to the place before I quit, where it was just acceptable to use it. Right. And it's so interesting when you said, first of all, I'm so glad your stepdaughter got better and and was able to get the help she needed and is healthy today. I mean, what what a wonderful thing. And and when you said, you know, she got better and I kept drinking. And it's like, yes, of course, because it's addictive, right? And like when once we use alcohol to cope, which we're like we're taught to use alcohol to cope, the problem with using alcohol to cope is it's addictive. And that's generally what we forget. And because no one talks about it. And that's not what we're taught to look at alcohol, like how highly addictive it is. And so while you didn't need it, quote unquote, to cope anymore, because, you know, your stepdaughter was getting better and healthy and you you weren't in that traumatic state anymore. But now you were addicted because you had used it to cope because everyone tells us to. Everyone tells us it's going to help, Right. So it's just, you can just so see how this happens to so many women. Absolutely. And when I started reading those books, it just opened my eyes to just how messed up we are as a society looking at this this substance, this toxic, cancerous (laughs) substance that really didn't bring any help in my crisis. It made me hung over in doctor's offices more times than I can count, Mm. you know, trying to get our daughter the help that she needed to survive. Um, Terrible mental illness. And, and that kind of mental illness, it's extremely hard on the family because she's still a child. We want to help her. It's, you know, not like she didn't have access to um, all the healthcare, all the support, yet still, we were so helpless at that time. And you know, once we came out of it, really being able to see like, you know, if I had been sober, and I had been more calm, and I had maybe been more present, that at least it might not have been so hard, you know, but we can't go back in time. So we right. can just learn our lessons and move forward. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what book you said that you really poured yourself into the quitlet. And that's the same thing I did because AA was not I, I just did not see myself going to AA. So what what were your favorite Quitlet books? So the first one I ever listened to, um, so I just downloaded and walked with my dog, was a book called Alcohol Lied to Me by Craig Beck. Yeah. Which at the time when I had Googled how to stop drinking wine, he actually has um, this book called that, How to Stop Drinking Wine, which is really his Alcohol Lied to Me with a different title. 
Um, and that okay. was the, the book. That book did it. It just, the way he describes alcohol and how society views alcohol and how crazy it is um, that when you stop, you're the one that seemed to have the problem. Right. How it really is an attractively packaged poison. Yeah. And those words got into my head, got it. And he talks a lot about the power of the subconscious mind as well, which I'm a huge um, believer in now. Um, I love personal development and subconscious reprogramming and all that stuff. From that time I listened to the book, I kept drinking. I took a break um, for about six weeks and then we went away um, and I didn't know how to have a sober vacation. I didn't know how to have sober dinner out with friends. I didn't know any of it. So I kept drinking, but not nearly as much. And every time I did, I just couldn't get his words out of my head. I'd look at the drink and not even feel excited for it. Not like, and I'd gone, you know, six weeks at one point, And then maybe every two weeks after that, I'd, you know, say, okay, I'm going to have a glass of wine with dinner. And it didn't taste good. Yeah. It didn't make me feel good. It just got to a point where saying, I never want to drink this again became easy. It wasn't something that I felt deprived. Mm -hmm. It was something that um, you know, once I had enough time, I could see was actually a huge gift to myself in my life. Oh, yes. And I was one of the lucky ones. I had a really great run of pink cloud <laughs> um, right. days. Yeah. I love the idea of, you know, I never counted days either. And it wasn't like this, like white knuckling through. I like the kind of curiosity you seem to have brought to it where you went six weeks and now you're like, okay, I have all of this new information in my head, but let me see what drinking is like with all of this new information. And my brain has changed and how I look at alcohol has changed. And so will that change the way that I drink it and will I enjoy it? And so we so often get like, I don't know, just like beaten down by what we call quote unquote slips. I don't call them that because I think there's, there's like gold in that. Like if you have, if you have done the work to figure out what alcohol is, how it's tricked you, how you have used it to cope, different things you can use now. And then if you do say, okay, well, let me see. Let me see what having a drink is like. And if your eyes are open and if you are doing that work, there is gold in that in that time when you choose to drink to say, oh, holy shit, this isn't what I've been romanticizing in my mind. And like now you really see alcohol for what it is. I think that's so powerful. Yeah, I remember kind of midsummer after I had started this journey, um, having a couple drinks with friends, one or two down at the beach. And I think we went out to dinner. So maybe three in a night, which what is nothing compared to what I was drinking before I quit. And the next day I went to work and I felt terrible, just so terrible. Like I had drank more than, you know, I could ever imagine. And it was only like, it was only a few glasses, three tops. And I was just like, holy shit, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like this is not worth it. And it took time. It took time. My biggest fear during those days was that I'd lose my friends. Um, because my entire social circle was all about drinking. You know, we'd go away together and we drink, we would go to dinner, we would have parties, it was all, I had no idea how to live the same life, but sober. 
And, um, and again, I love my, my Quitlet. And uh, one day in September, and I was listening to this Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And she mm-hmm. said, your true friends will still be your true friends, whether you drink or not, you really think about it. And that just hit me. It was just like, yes, why wouldn't my friends be my friends if I choose to not drink? And if they're not my friends, because I'm not drinking, well, they're not really my friends, you know, and that's okay. Right. And that was the final nail in the coffin to my drinking was, you know, I found the courage to tell my closest friends. Uh, My husband at the time was still drinking as well. Um, He's sober now after a year and a half of watching me thrive in sobriety. He decided to give it up as well. Um, and I never once told him to give it up. I never, you know, I said, this is my journey. This is what I'm doing. Um, doing it for me. And uh, he respected that. And he was, I was lucky. He was pretty respectful around the house with it, drinking in the early days. And, you know, I found the courage to tell my friends, which was hard. You know, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not going to drink at this party or this trip. And uh, they were so supportive. I was so lucky. Oh, um, you know, even so even nice. today they'll come over and they'll bring a non-alcoholic bottle of cider or some fun non-alcoholic beers for my husband. So my my true friends really were there for me and surprised me. Yeah, you know, I thought they wouldn't want to be around me, but that was just my own internal. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and that is where we try to have both sides of the conversation, right? And generally, like when I try to have both sides of the conversation, it's like worst case scenario. Like the other person isn't saying, oh, that's great. I'm so happy for you. The other person is saying, oh, I don't know if you're going to be fun anymore. Like we just assume that the worst is going to happen, right? And yeah. it's just so funny when when it comes down to it, when we think about like if our friendships are hinged on what's in my cup. Like, are you still going to be friends with me if I don't have poison in my cup? Like, will you still be my friend if I have sparkling water in my cup? Like, right? And then when you put it like that, it's like, yeah. oh, right. Well, the people who the people who matter are not going to care what's in your cup. They're just not. Exactly. And the people who do care, that wasn't – the foundation of friendship is not there. Exactly. Yeah, it took it took taking a break. It took stepping away for a while to see that. I couldn't see that in the beginning. In fact, in the beginning, I tried so hard to um, be normal. Like I would still go to these drinking events. I would still be like, no, look, I'm still my fun self. I can still do this uh, without drinking. Nothing has to change because I was so worried about that. And now looking back, you know, I'm totally comfortable saying, no, I'm not going to go to that party tonight. But, you know, I'd love to go for a walk on Sunday or, you know, find other things to do if they're not aligned with my new values. You know, part of my new values is rest and giving myself what I need to live my, my life the way I want versus trying to fit into this old life that I've now left behind. Oh, there, there's just nothing more powerful. There's nothing more powerful yeah. than than feeling in tune with yourself and f- being able to feel what you need. Because when you're drinking for so long, 
I think so many of us just didn't know even what how we were feeling and what we needed. That alcohol does a really good job at helping us escape all of those things. But then the problem is we don't get what we need. Then we're we're left lacking and wanting more and wanting connection. We don't get it. And so what a powerful thing to be able to not only know what you need, but say it. Yeah. And it's just a vicious cycle. Right. The more you drink, the more miserable yeah. you feel, the more miserable you feel, the more you drink. And you yes. don't recognize Ugh. that, you know, what's coming first is the alcohol, like in everything, you know. And like I said, I have a lot of regrets from those times, but I can't look back. Um, so I just look forward and I'm absolutely in love with my my new sober life. You know, not a lot has changed on the outside, but on the inside, I'm so much happier. I'm so much more at peace with myself and you know every day I wake up excited it's a gift I absolutely love every aspect of my life now yet it's still the same <laughs> minus my kids being older that's yeah that's incredible though I like that you said nothing has changed on the outside because that's so my story too no one would no one would have looked at me and said oh that's a problem and also no one looks at me now and says like oh wow she's really turned everything around but on the inside it feels like everything's turned around like it feels everything's come together I like that you said that it feels like peaceful. Is that, do you think that's your favorite part about sobriety? Absolutely. Yes. The inner peace, just the calm, the not reaching for something on the outside to soothe the internal. And my absolute favorite part is just waking up in the morning early, walking my dog. And to this day, how amazing I feel well-rested, healthy, not trying to process out all that poison in my body is such a gift. And it's still, to this day, my favorite, favorite thing in the world. It really never gets old, does it? No, it doesn't. Yes, those <laughs> those mornings just never get old. It's so no. true. And I, I do have to remind myself, because you can forget what a hangover feels like, right? But just to be able to count on feeling good every day, like, that's yeah. incredible. It is. It's my favorite part for sure. Yeah. What would you tell someone who's just starting out on her sober journey or maybe like trying a dry July? Since you, you know, you have that perspective of taking some breaks and going back, what would you tell someone who's just kind of starting to question her relationship with alcohol and see if sobriety is where it's at? Um, I would say, just trust yourself, just trust that you on the right path. And the reasons you're questioning your relationship with alcohol are real, and to give it a, a really good shot, because in a year's time, you won't even recognize yourself. It's, you know, it's hard to go from drinking to not in a society that puts so much emphasis on it. But it's so worth the hard work in the beginning. Um, it pays off tenfold down the road. And it's such a gift. It's a gift to yourself. And it's a gift to moms to their children who deserve a mom who's found happiness on the inside and isn't using a drug to numb and not be present. So it's, it's a gift to yourself. And it's a gift to your loved ones. And it's so worth it. Oh, it's so true. I mean, it's 
I think it's hands down the best decision I, I've ever made because without this one, I feel like everything else kind of is tied to this, right? Everything's tied to our sobriety. Sobriety makes motherhood better, our lives better, inner peace. I mean, joy, all, all of this stuff. And and yes, when life decides to life and we still have our problems and shit still happens, right? That's why I made a sober shit show mug because it's still going to be a shit show sometimes, <laughs> but that just means that we can handle it without a hangover. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we could be present and show up for ourselves and the people we love um, in a way that's going to bring the best possible outcome. I completely agree it was the best decision I ever made I didn't know I didn't know back then you know talking about those early months I didn't know what it would be like I didn't know I'd quit forever and I didn't know I would step into this identity of somebody who doesn't drink with absolute joy and confidence I had no idea but looking back like the best decision I ever made was how to Google how to stop drinking wine. Um, because without that, I wouldn't have found there's alternatives out there. You know, I'm, I never went to AA. I have no shame, uh, no shade on anybody who does um, get sober, whichever way works for them. That's great. Um, but for me, you know, I just didn't want to be that person who had to declare themselves powerless and declare themselves an alcoholic. In my opinion, I stopped being an alcoholic the day I stopped drinking. And yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, you left alcohol behind. That's, exactly. the, that's the good part. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, no shade to anybody who chooses that path. But for me, I found my another path. And at the time, I felt really alone. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew I wanted to. I kept listening and walking and then I found sober podcasts, which there's so many and thank you for what you do. Um, thank you for yes. coming on here yeah. and, and sharing um, real people's stories so that other people in those early days can really see that all the, the cravings and the struggle are so worth it and they pay off tenfold down the road. I mean, they're so worth it. And thank you for sharing your story because I think that yours, and you have so many years removed from alcohol, right? And so then they can see, I like when you said you stepped into the identity of someone who doesn't drink. And it's not this like this inner battle anymore. It just doesn't stay that way. I think in those early days, it can feel like it's you're going to constantly be in this battle. And it's just not. I think stepping into the identity of a sober person is the perfect way to put it because I don't wake up every day and wonder, okay, am I going to drink today? How am I going to battle this? That's just not even a, a question for me because I am a sober person. I am alcohol-free. I enjoy an alcohol-free life. It's just not a question that I have to answer every day. And I think early on, it can feel like it's going to be this battle, this constant battle. And it's just not. Yeah. It's really scary in the beginning because it's a whole new life. Yeah, And if all you've ever known is a life revolved around drinking, you, you really don't know what it will look like um, until you give it a chance. Um, and, and learning for me with the books, really learning about the science of withdrawal, the science of addiction, really learning what alcohol really is, was such an eye opener for me, you know, because nobody ever 
taught me that. Nobody ever talked about it. This year and maybe you know, maybe a little bit before, it started to be more in the mainstream media about the dangers of alcohol in terms of its carcinogenic properties. And, you know, I think society is slowly, <laughs> but again, I wonder if that's just my new perspective, because now I see it in a whole new way. And, but, you know, I got to wonder if we're turning the, the corner now and more people are starting to, I, yeah. Um, and there's more non-alcoholic options available than ever before. You know, there's so many great things so that you don't have to feel left out when you go to a barbecue or, you know, the beach or uh, even a dinner party. You know, I went to many parties after that and not one person even questioned what was in my cup. <laughs> Nobody cared that it was right. a soda water or non-alcoholic beer or whatever. Nobody cares. <laughs> Yeah, I do. It does feel like the tide is turning. Yeah. In the early days, I was so afraid of that and having to explain it. And now I just, I just don't. I don't drink, period. No, thank you. <laughs> and it takes time to get that confidence. It does. But man, once you get it, it it's so freeing. It's just yeah. so freeing. Like all the, the freedom and the peace that comes with it is just, you just can't trade it for the world. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story. I think this one's very important. You you can give so many women who are just starting out, you give them hope that, you know, peace and, and freedom are coming. They, they are coming if you stick with it. We'll link that book in the show notes too, Alcohol Lied to Me. I think that that's a great one to start with. But there's loads of other ones out there if that one doesn't resonate with you. And I still listen to them today because I I get inspired and I get reminded you know, of where I started and where I am. And I'm always looking for new books to recommend to other people you know, because everybody's different. And there's, yeah, there's so many and there's so many podcasts and Facebook groups and support groups where, you know, there's other people going through exactly what I went through in those early days. And uh, I love showing up there and supporting people and helping them see that it's not always going to be like that. Yes. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you, you are doing just that because, man, it's just so hopeful. It's so hopeful. And and there's so much to be hopeful, hopeful about. And everybody just keep going. Joanne, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're going to help so many women. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for your podcast. I love it. I listen to it all the time. I love hearing other people's stories and Thank you for putting your work out into the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. <laughs>